Welcome to the Hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation. Whenever there is difficulty, miracles accompany it. And I had the most sacred experience I've ever had in my life that day um, with the other side of the veil. And this is five days before I'm scheduled to come home. And I remember thinking, like, I think I could just see my whole mission and my whole life um, just right before my eyes, thinking how everything came full circle. Every single lesson I had taught, every person I had met, they just resonated in my mind for those 24 hours in the perfect way that helped me feel comfort. Welcome back to the Hereby Called podcast. I'm your host, Jordan. And sitting across from me for the second time is Kennedy Riggs. We made it. We made it. We, we said we would do it, and <laughs> we are interviewing you for part two um, to kind of help everyone that wasn't here for part one. It was episode 30, if you want to go back and take a listen to it. And I listened to it just an hour ago to kind of prepare myself and remember what had, we had talked about before. And it was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. There, there were some things that you said that were just, what's the word? Very wise. You have a really good perspective on life, and uh, so I'm excited to hear. Well, like, what else could you have learned? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking you up, but it was good. I, I was really impressed with it. Um, to, to kind of give a brief summary of what happened before, you grew up and your, you had planned to serve a mission, and your father served in Brazil. You were always excited to go to Brazil. Oh, yeah. And actually, I hadn't originally wanted to go on a mission for a while. I thought of it. Oh, okay. But there was definitely that one moment when I was like, oh, yeah, That's this, wh- is, this is for me. I got to do it. So you put in your paperwork, and you get the mission call, and it's Christmas Day. <laughs> and you open your call. It's not Christmas Day, but it's like Christmas Day because you're so excited, and you're getting a mission call to go to Brazil. The stars have aligned, and you had even visited Brazil with oh, yeah. your with your dad before, and so it was just a dream come true for you. You go on your mission to Brazil, and I'm I don't want to like ruin it, so <laughs> or like give away or spoilers or whatever. But people who haven't heard that episode yet need to listen to that one. But then there's this thing called the COVID pandemic, <laughs> and you said at the time you hadn't even heard of it. You were in such a remote area of Brazil, you didn't even know what was going on, and you get the call, "Hey, we're sending all the U.S. missionaries home." And we're, we're going to kind of figure out what to do with them. And there is obviously a lot of maybe frustration. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you plan this, you thought your life and your mission were going to go one way. And there's, there's a curveball that came in. But we're, so you came home and we interviewed you during that period. And you had shared that there were some things that were going on that made it clear why you were home that being home was part of your mission. Do you mind sharing kind of those things that happened? And if you want, I can kind of help you yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, upon returning home, one of my best childhood friends who was not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, started asking me some questions. And he actually, what had happened is he messaged me, not knowing if I could even answer, being like, hey, I know you're in Brazil, but I have some questions. 
and I came home, I wasn't able to answer because I didn't have Instagram there. I come home, I'm like, hey, just got home actually if you want to come over and talk about it. So it was perfect timing. And yeah, he ended up getting baptized before I left again for my reassignment. But that was one of the biggest tender mercies. I got to be a part of him. I got to watch him grow. It's a spirit. lifelong friend. Oh yeah. And to this day, we're like, he's my very best friend. I'm so thankful for that experience. And then um, I had some family members who had gotten sick and I was worried I wouldn't be able to see them again before they passed away. And I came home and got to become the 24-hour caretaker of my grandparents. And um, that is like the most precious time in my life. that I'll, I'll just cherish it forever. I'll never be able to get something like that again. And um, and many other little things. But overall, it was so easy to see the stars align. I just saw Heavenly Father really did care about me, even though in the moment I didn't know when I got that phone call. I was frustrated. I was mad at him for sending me <laughs> home from my dream. But coming home was perfect. One thing you said that I want to reiterate because it's so true. And it's again, it's so hard when you're in the moment. You said, Heavenly Father's plan is perfect. You just need to trust him. And oh, it's, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's tough, but it's true. And, and it's beautiful when you when you get that perspective. Um, so another thing that you had said was you got reassigned to Oklahoma City. And it was important to you to know, or at least when you were reading the reassignment, that it was it was a call from a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And you were, before leaving, at least when we interviewed you, you were just as excited to go to Oklahoma City Mission. The o- Make sure we get it right. It's the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Mission. Yes. Yeah. And you were just excited to go there as you were for Brazil. You had those same feelings. So kind of... What happened? Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of course, it was hard coming home from my ultimate dream, and I just thought, man, how could? When they told me I'd get reassigned to a stateside mission, I was like, how could anything top that? It was <laughs> the best, and never had it even crossed my mind I'd get sent to Oklahoma. Um, but as soon as I read those words, it's like it's almost like there were like seas of angels all around me, just like celebrating. Almost, it felt like there was like heavenly celebration when I read that. And I don't know if that even makes sense. That's the best way I could describe it. I just knew. Heavenly Father totally confirmed to me that's exactly where I needed to go. And growing up with Western bloodlines, loving horses and rodeo so much, such a huge part of my life. I didn't get that in Brazil. I totally had withdrawals. And so when they say Oklahoma, which is a huge piece of rodeo history there with ranchers everywhere, it's just perfect. I was like, are you kidding me? Like these two missions, I never would have guessed when I signed up to be a missionary, I'd go to two <laughs> missions, let alone go to two of the best places of my heart. So it was awesome. Yeah. And then to, to share again, you were involved in rodeo queening and now you are Miss Rodeo Arizona. I am. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you go to Oklahoma City and I, I guess I keep saying Oklahoma City. You weren't where, where, where did you actually spend the majority of your mission? Yeah, so my area was called Henrietta, and I covered a couple really small towns like Oak Mulgee, Morris. So, yeah, out in the boonies. Yeah. So I'll say Oklahoma. You go yeah. to Oklahoma, and I feel like, and maybe this is me projecting my own thoughts onto you, but I feel like when I got my mission call in every area that I had, I would always pray and ask Heavenly Father, why am I here? Do you feel like you received an answer like, why? Like, obviously, you're excited. It, it worked well with your rodeo background and kind of your, your likes already, but do you feel like you received the answers of why Oklahoma? Absolutely. And I, I found myself asking that same question, as all of us missionaries probably do, especially when I got the phone call telling me that I wouldn't go back to Brazil because that's the plan Ooh, yeah. that I was sent with originally was, you're going to be here temporarily, temporarily, we'll send you back. And then they they called me and said I wouldn't be going back. And so that's when I was really reflecting like, okay, obviously there's a purpose for me being here. Why? And absolutely. 
there were people that I needed to meet, not just for me to have an impact on them, but especially for their impact on me and just telling Father works in the most mysterious and perfect ways. Comparing and contrasting the culture of Brazil and Oklahoma. In Brazil, again, episode 30, you shared quite a bit about there's kind of a high crime rate and but like the most sincere, genuine, loving, kind people that you've ever met. Uh, I imagine they're pretty religious, a lot of Christians out there. And then you go to Oklahoma, and it's probably pretty similar, at least culturally with church. You're you're in the Bible Belt. Was that intimidating? Oh, yeah. How was that? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so crazy how different the cultures were, but at the same time, like you said, they were so similar. And the humble people, like I met people in Brazil that were just the humblest of the humble. They were amazing, so inspiring. And I go to Oklahoma and meet people just like that. They could have been siblings, but in different parts of the world. Um, and I did get my fair share of um, being put down, or I felt small quite a few times <laughs> from things that people had said. But overall, the people of Oklahoma were just Jesus-loving, very kind and warm people that were willing to help each other out. So that was inspiring to me just as much as the Brazilian people. Going back to, you know, the people and their love of the Bible specifically, were there any verses from the Bible or, or the scriptures that kind of stood out to you during that time? At least I felt like I wanted to understand the people that I was serving, so I read the Bible a little differently and try to understand it from their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. What, was there anything? And that this is like a super pointed question, so if you don't no, have like right. an answer, that's fine. Um, I kind of do, actually. I mean, I did try to really understand the Bible a lot deeper than I ever had before because that would appeal to the people there a lot more. And even for me in my own testimony, I needed that. And I think one of the stories that I found myself using the most was the story of Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish. And I think it was that when it came down to that and when Peter walked on the water, those two stories would get brought up all the time. And I, I learned things about those stories and how they apply to us that I never would have thought I could from those people, from um, I remember we talked to a Christian pastor. He taught me a lot from those stories. And so it's really interesting how much I learned as a missionary as I was teaching other people those stories too. What Do you, do you mind getting a little specific? Because like I'm familiar with like the miracle and these things, but like what was it about those specific parables or the stories that, yeah. what, that stood out to you or that taught you? Sure. Well, first of all, the one with Jesus with the bread and the fish is that one, holy cow, that one as a missionary, I needed so badly. And Heavenly Father helped me learn from it in the exact ways I needed because I felt very insufficient at times. Mm -hmm. And even teaching in the English language versus Portuguese, <laughs> I still felt like, man, I still can't even I can't this. communicate yeah, this message. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I learned from that story that Heavenly Father can make everything out of anything. And so even though I was so small and very incapable and inadequate, if I came to Heavenly Father, like those people did when they brought the few things that they had to Christ, he multiplied them and made them sufficient. And so that's one thing that I carried throughout my mission. And then of course, with Peter walking on the water, it's all about faith. As soon as you focus on the storm, that's when you sink. But if you, if you focus on Christ, that's when you can be a miracle. You can be a part of the miracle. And I'll probably talk about this more later too, but I had some some very unique trials I was put through um, while I was in Oklahoma um, in regards to my family back home. And when I, I noticed that I lived that, I got to experience it firsthand that when I focused on the storm, I sunk so bad. But as soon as I learned how to focus on Christ, even amidst the storms, that's when I saw the biggest miracles I ever had in my life. Yeah, if you don't mind, let's let's jump into it. What was going on back home that was... Obviously, it sounds like it was something difficult, but um, 
yeah, what, what was going on? Sure. Yeah. So like we got to talk about um, when I came home for my intermission, I like to call it, <laughs> when I was home waiting my reassignment. Um, like I said, I got to be a caretaker for my grandparents. And so I had a grandmother with dementia, a grandfather with cancer, and then a grandmother that one week after I came home from Brazil, she got diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer. And um, being home for that was such a miracle, but especially being there for that short period of time, being able to soak up time with them was amazing because what I didn't know would happen was all three of them passed away within a month and a half of each other. So my grandpa passed away while I was still home. And my grandma passed away. Um, one of them passed away three days after I left. And then my third grandma, who was actually very young and healthy, um, she just declined very quickly and she passed away about a month into my reassignment as well. And um, she actually is like a mom to me. So that one is, all of them were so hard, but that mm. one was especially, that just hit home. And so um, I will say being on a mission was the best place I could have been. I There's no place you could be closer to heaven. And that was such a blessing, but it was definitely hard not being with my family, being able to process and mourn with them. And so I knew still in my heart, I was supposed to be exactly there in my mission, but it was hard. And so that's where I really learned, I think, how to rely on the Lord and that's when I understood on a deeper level, the atonement is there for not just repentance, but seriously to lift us up when we literally can't take another step. And um, I just have to say that that carried me, my knowledge of the atonement and the plan and everything just came full circle. Everything that I was teaching, I found every lesson I needed. And so as I was teaching our friends, I was really just comforting my own soul. And so um, I guess to bring it full circle, <laughs> <laughs> I I learned exactly what I needed to from those in those trials. It's, it's interesting <clears throat> that you bring it up <clears throat> that you were teaching the lessons that you needed to hear. I don't think going on a mission, you ever, at least I never contemplated that. Like I remember being in a similar situation where I was struggling with something or, or whatever, you know, things going on back home and people look at missionaries, especially non-members. I think they, they assume we have like no feelings or, like we're robots, like it's an emotional process <laughs> to to be a missionary every day and, and to get rejected. And, you know, it can be very difficult. And the truth that blesses other people's lives, the same truth that will bless your life. And it's vicarious. And it, it's interesting that you get to teach the lesson, also learn as you're teaching and the spirit will confirm your own testimony to you sometimes or whatever you're saying to you. And it, it's beautiful that Heavenly Father allows that to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um. So in Oklahoma, <clears throat> who were some of the people that you met that you still think of today? Oh my gosh, that... all of them. <laughs> Seriously. Um, one of them, though, that I got so close with, and I won't share her name just for confidentiality purposes, but oh my gosh, one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. Um, and actually her story was incredible. When the first time I went and visited her, she had already known the sisters before, but I hadn't gone to know her. I was new to the area. And the first impression that I had of her was her crying. She broke down in tears as soon as we were walking up to her door. I was like, oh man, this, I don't know if this is good or bad, yeah. but, um, she was crying because Heavenly Father always sent sister missionaries to her in the exact moments that she needed them. And she wasn't a member of the church. She barely knew anything about the gospel, but she knew who these, these cute little girls were with tags on. And she called us her angels after that. She started calling us her angels because I don't know how the Heavenly Father would just tell us every time she needed someone to come and lift her up. We go at the perfect time. And um, it ended up being that I hadn't known this at the time. She told me the week that I left for home after my mission was completed that she told me that she'd been battling a pain pill addiction and it had 
obviously had terrible effects on her life and she was a grandma and a mother and that it was just so horrible for her but every time the sisters would show up she would be lifted up again it was the exact moments she needed and so she actually eventually became clean she got clean it was she faced withdrawals and almost died uh, but she did it. She got clean and she said that it was the missionary messages that got her through. And I, it just testified to me that Heavenly Father cares so much about about us individually. He really cared enough to send us to her because he knew what she needed. Wow. And and how long did you serve? You said you spent your whole mission in the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City mission. And <laughs> that same, was it Henrietta? Or? Yeah, Henrietta. Okay. How long were you in that area? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. My mission was split in half. So I spent seven months in Brazil. I was home for four months and then seven months back out. So I spent seven months okay. there in Henrietta. So you were like, you're like part of the town. You're part of the ward there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, it was like my new little home. Was it a ward or a branch? Yeah, it was, branch. it was a ward. It was a really small one, but. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So, Kenny, how did, I mean, obviously you served in Brazil, I guess, up to this moment, how did your relationship with the Savior change during your service in Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny that you word it that way because, of course, I grew closer to Christ when I was in Brazil, but there was never a period in my time, period of life, period of time in my life that I had come closer to Christ than when I was in Oklahoma. That was the sealing deal. That was exactly what I needed. Um, I think because I lost some family members, I was closer to the veil, but especially because, um, because of those trials, I got to learn, like I said, to not focus on the storms, but focus on Christ. That's when I really started studying. Mm. And I I didn't really understand how to study my scriptures before my mission, let alone before Oklahoma. But that's when I really started digging deep and looking at words and their roots mm. and what they really meant. And that's when I started to understand more deeply how they applied to me and how relevant they are to right now. Like we are actually living in scriptures right now, honestly. And as soon as that clicked... I started to understand how to study the Savior's atonement, not just through reading scriptures, but studying it out and watching actions of others and um, watching patterns as I prayed in different ways and how that would affect my day. And I really learned how intimately close the Savior and Heavenly Father are to us and how Jesus is my brother. I really processed that in a different way. So I'd just say that my relationship became a lot more individual and personal as I started thinking of Christ being by my side during those times and studying about him. And then one thing that you had also written down was kind of comparing and contrasting. You said you started to really study in Oklahoma and I feel I didn't serve foreign speaking, but the, the saying that I heard on my mission was if you go Spanish speaking, you become fluent or, or Portuguese speaking. If you go Chinese speaking, you become humble and if you go English speaking, you become a scholar. And I feel like you've kind of confirmed, like there's there's kind of a depth of understanding that comes because you're not battling learning the language. Like you are just learning the gospel, especially in the Bible belt. And it becomes, it's beautiful. Like all the words of every prophet or apostle that's written, it's just, it's just beautiful language. And it's them all sharing how God loves us. And you learned how intimate that was. One word that you had written down next to this was the word consecration. Why did you write that word down? Yeah. Um, If I had to pick a word that could basically describe the theme of my mission in Oklahoma, it would probably be consecration. Not that I was perfectly consecrated the whole time, but that's what Heavenly Father was trying to teach me. And so I, I started to understand 
as I went on, especially as we got to use Facebook even, which is so new. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a very new experience for us missionaries. But we started to learn how to use our gifts and talents and our passions to appeal to people and be able to make connections. Because like you yes. said, we're not robots. We're real people. And being in Oklahoma as a rodeo queen or a sixth generation um, Arizona and coming from ranchers, I could connect with people a lot easier. And Heavenly Father really taught me how to rely on his power to be magnified in my talents and gifts. And as soon as I learned to do that, I started to learn to consecrate all of those talents and gifts mm. to his purposes. Because at home, before my mission, I mean, what, being a cheerleader, being a rodeo queen, like, cool, that's bragging rights, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but I mean, like, the world would tell you, like, yeah, that's what it's for, is make you feel good about yourself. But no, Heavenly Father blesses us with these talents so that we can use them to help others feel closer to him. And so I'd definitely say that... And I guess this is a twofold answer, but that's the first part. And the second part I would say was learning how to give every thought to him too, because being a missionary, it's hard not to think of home. It's hard not to think of trials that you're going through, but oh my gosh, when it clicks and when you learn to turn outwards and just think of the people that you're teaching or how can I be of help to this person, that is when true joy comes. And it's seriously like nothing you have ever experienced before. Oh yeah. That reminds me of Mosiah 430 if you do not watch yourselves in your thoughts and that's where it starts and then your words and your deeds. And it's kind of this, this pattern of how does a thought become a habit? And it really is just repetition and thinking about it. If you think about something, you start talking about it, you talk about it and you start doing it. And I think you've hit the nail on the head that, that you said that's when joy comes in, when you give heavenly father, your thoughts. And that's because you're giving him everything you're giving him you, you're becoming consecrated and you're allowing him to use you as a tool to bring other people closer and totally. yeah it's, it's just it's a, it's a good feeling yeah and I probably would say too I think I learned about the word consecration too and when I learned about that it changed everything because I realized that really being consecrated means that you're giving your efforts to Heavenly Father so that he can make more of them because one thing that you might do on your own could be multiplied like the bread and the fishes mm. a, times a billion if you ask Heavenly Father to consecrate it towards whatever he needs it to be for, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Give him what you have and he'll multiply it. But it's got to be like a righteous desire and that's where the consecration comes in. That's awesome. I'm learning as we talk and I appreciate <laughs> so this. So am I. <laughs> um, so you had mentioned that you had three grandparents pass away, but then there was a fourth person near the end of your mission that had passed that had an impact on, I mean, obviously everyone had an impact, but this fourth person as well towards the end of your mission, what, what was going on? Yeah. So man, I can remember like it was yesterday. Um, I have this very dear uncle to me, his name's Clayton. And honestly, whoever's listening to this probably knows who he is. Clayton Riggs. He's very, very influential. And, um, I just, I don't even know where to start with this because it was such a crazy experience, but it was the last week of my mission. I was scheduled to go home on February 25th, and February 19th is my Uncle Clayton's birthday, and I was notified, like, hey, um, Clayton had a brain aneurysm last night, just say prayers for him, and so I totally did, but man, like, how could you not worry, you know, and so, of course, I tried to stay focused, but I, I remember during those 24 hours after I was notified of that, I remember quite a few times going in the bathroom and turning on the fan and just sitting on the ground sobbing in prayer. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. I was just so full of emotion, just thinking, man, I've lost a couple family members already. I can't imagine another one passing to the other side. But that was the selfish part of me speaking without an eternal perspective. 
And, um, yeah, sure enough, um, about 24 hours later, I got a phone call from my dad letting me know that he had passed away. And we're talking about a guy in his 40s with six kids at home. And this is just so sudden and so tragic, you know. And honestly, there's no way to do justice to how sacred and horrible (laughs) that week was. But I will say, just like anything and everything I've experienced throughout my mission, whenever there is difficulty, miracles accompany it. And I had the most sacred experience I've ever had in my life that day um, with the other side of the veil. And this is five days before I'm scheduled to come home. And I remember thinking, like, I think I could just see my whole mission and my whole life um, just right before my eyes, thinking how everything came full circle. Every single lesson I had taught, every person I had met, they just resonated in my mind for those 24 hours in the perfect way that helped me feel comfort. I met people who had lost family members, and I testified to them of the same things that I needed to hear that day. And Heavenly Father just... He confirmed to me that everything was going to be okay, even if it didn't feel like it. So that week, after losing my uncle, and I, I've, he made everyone feel like he was close to them. So I felt like I had a very personal relationship with him, just as all of my family members did. Um, so that really, really hit me hard. But um, gosh, just one example of Heavenly Father giving miracles to comfort us is I got to be there for his funeral in perfect timing. And I can't imagine being out there for an extra week after that. But I got to come home and mourn with my family, and especially being a fresh missionary, I I had that I had that perspective with me that was still so fresh that I got to share it with my family members, and I feel like Heavenly Father was able to use me a little bit to help comfort my family and comfort myself too. And to anyone listening to this that hasn't gone on a mission yet, that maybe is thinking about it, or they're awaiting their call, or anything of the sort, they're going to go on a mission. I just want you to know. That literally anything could happen while you're on your mission, but no matter what it is, Heavenly Father will consecrate it. So we go back to that word, but that every trial that I have gone through, especially on my mission, has blessed me in a way. I've at least gained a new knowledge or perspective from it. I've gained a stronger testimony. I've come closer to heaven. Um, and I guess if I could wrap this up in a nutshell, after losing family members, um, being far away from home, being on a mission, set apart as a missionary, I can see now things that I I would not have learned if I hadn't experienced those things as a missionary and that literally affect me right now. Like today, I can think of experiences I've had today that I was more prepared for because of things that I experienced on my mission. And I just, I know, (laughs) I know without a doubt because of my experiences of my mission now that there really is a life after this and that's what we're preparing for. And there's a way bigger purpose in everything that we go through than we can see in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So you, you've been home for almost a year and now you've had time to kind of digest what has gone on (laughs) over the last, what, since the pandemic or, or even, you know, since you've been to Brazil till now, what about mission life do you miss the most? Oh man, I was thinking about that today actually. I miss being able to give every second to the Lord. Like at the time it seems hard thinking like, man, I I miss home, but no, being able to put every single effort and minute of your life into the work rather than worrying about bills or school or work is just such a unique experience and such a blessing. But um, I think another thing that I miss a lot is 
the habits and routines, which is something you don't have to miss. Mm. You can apply to your life, but the mission just sets you up so perfectly for a happy life afterwards. The things that I learned, like a daily scripture study and fervent prayer, real heartfelt prayer and serving others. I think that's probably the biggest thing that affects me right now. Being a returned missionary in real life is um, I just learned that like the world will tell you if you're going through something hard. And this is another thing I learned from losing family members. Sorry. Um, if you're going through something hard, the world will tell you to focus on yourself. Go go to the spa. Go buy yourself something nice. Do something selfish. Yeah, do something selfish. Yeah. And of course, in the moment, that feels comfortable. But oh my gosh, the Lord tells us the exact opposite and he knows best. And I I am so thankful that I got to learn that by experience. That like in on those hard days when I seriously did not feel like I had the energy to get out of bed, when I decided to go and do it for that person, go and drop off that Bible in the snow or go to that lesson, that's when I really felt joy and when I felt the best about myself. So it's so ironic. It's the exact opposite of what you'd think of doing is what really makes you happy. And that's what I think the biggest lesson that has blessed me as a return missionary is turning outwards and not being selfish. And that's where the truest of joy comes from. Yeah, that is that is the example of Christ right there, turning outward. Um, and I, I've got like a couple final bullet point questions what's one thing you realized about yourself that surprised you that you might've learned that like, had you not maybe gone on a mission in general, but maybe specifically Oklahoma that you learned. Ooh, <laughs> that's like a pointed question. <laughs> so again, if, if you one. don't have one, it's okay. Oh no. Well, of course you learn a ton about yourself. Um, you're humble to the dust for <laughs> sure. So there's lots of things that I learned about myself, like weaknesses that I needed to work on. But I think one thing that's affected me lo- a lot to this day is that uh, I have more of a testimony than I realize. I think this is true for everyone, honestly. Yeah. Like until you are tested and tried, that's when you're really polished and you understand what you're capable of and what you know. And I think that it took me all that time to go through those trials to understand like, oh my gosh, I do know this is true. And I know with every fiber of my being. And um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I really do think that um, it made me realize how much I really did know for myself as far as a testimony goes. Yeah, I think you were able to prove what, what you know or what you believe, but before going through the trial, you never know. And I really like that you, you shared that you learned a lot of weaknesses you also learn some talents that you have and probably one of the most important things that a leader will teach you <clears throat> or the heavenly father would teach you is that you have innate gifts you have innate talents and i think the sooner you realize and maybe this is not super i guess it still works for the podcast the sooner you realize what those gifts are like lean into those because you're good at that thing and you might think like, oh, I'm not good at whatever. I'm not good at anything. Or you keep comparing yourself to someone who has different gifts and talents than you, and it's not even a fair comparison. And I guess now I'm on like my soapbox, but you come home <laughs> from your mission and you're trying to figure out well, like what, what I do with my life, like find out what you're good at and lean into that. Exactly. And I really appreciate, and again, this is me on my soapbox. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but <laughs> I really appreciate my sister McDonough not my mission president, President McDonald, but Sister McDonald would tell you what you were good at. And she had an eye for like finding those talents. And I think that's one that she has a talent at finding talents, but I think that's a skill that we need to have personally is to recognize the talents in us. 
Yeah, I love that. It's so true. Sorry, I just stole no, the moment. Please steal it. That was so good. And it actually reminded me of something I'd love to say too. Is yeah. um, I just about 36 hours ago sent my little brother off on a mission to oh Ghana. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Okay, we're getting no, him on there. <laughs> I know. We'll bring him back here. Um so now I understand I've experienced both sides of it. I've been a missionary, now I'm sending a missionary out and oh man, it's hard. I feel for those moms out there. But I will say, um, one thing that he told me about and that he talked about in his farewell talk right before leaving was talents. And you just reminded me of him talking about this. He was talking about how in the parable, some had four, some had 10, they have different numbers, but all that mattered to heavenly father was what they did with it. Mm -hmm. And it's totally the case on a mission. Like some people are going to be better and more articulate than you or more um, heartfelt than you, maybe better at connecting with people. But it seriously, I know it sounds cliche, but it does not matter. You cannot compare yourself because what you're there for is to give it to Heavenly Father. And that I definitely experienced that too. It blessed me a ton. Yeah, it's, it's going back to the consecration and the full circle. Yes. Let's, and then, you know, wrapping up, you serve a mission, but it's under a mission presidency, mm-hmm. a husband and wife couple. And they they tend to have a pretty big impact on you or at least get to teach you um, ways to be, improve, not just as a missionary, but as a person. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are some things that you remember from your mission president and his wife? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, they are just, I will cherish both of my mission presidents that I had, both in Brazil and Oklahoma, forever. They both gave me just the things I needed at the time. Um, but one of the biggest blessings that I drew from being able to serve underneath the leadership of my mission president in Oklahoma, him and his wife, uh, were the lessons that they taught us about obedience. They were very, very good and adamant about teaching us the blessings of consecration and obedience. And that's a big thing as a missionary is people talk about exact obedience all the time. And it's not because like you're supposed to stick inside this box. It's not to be a robot. No, it's not to be a robot at all. It's because they know the blessings that come when you are. And I absolutely experienced that rules that you wouldn't even think would matter when I was putting in the effort to follow them. We saw blessings beyond measure. And I learned to do that because of my mission president and his wife. I'm so thankful for them teaching me that. And of course my companions too, I got to have two companions in Oklahoma and um, both of them were with me at different stages when I lost family members. They got, they held me in their arms as I <laughs> cried. And, um, but uh, a couple things I've learned from them too, that every missionary will learn from their companions is just how you work with different types of people and you see gifts in them that you want to develop. And I, to this day, am trying to develop gifts that I saw in my companions. They're such good examples to me, but I'd say for any missionaries, even return missionaries, just to reflect on what heavenly father wants you to learn from anyone that you serve around, whether it's the people you teach your companions or your mission president and his wife, there is a reason and a deep reason behind every person that you're around. And lots of them, I think, have been assigned to us since before the pre-life. And I've experienced really sacred things because of that too. But such a blessing. Wow. Awesome. Well, Kennedy, thanks again for, for coming on. Before we wrap up, we have a tradition of sharing the testimony in your mission language. <laughs> and we heard it in Portuguese. Oh, yeah. you mind sharing a little testimony in English? Absolutely. You want me to throw like an Oklahoma accent in there? Can in mission you? Language? Can you do that? <laughs> <kidding>. That's tough. <laughs> no, but, oh, man, there's so much I could share. You can say y'all if you want. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely do <laughs> say y'all. Um, yeah, I, I just have such a firm testimony that this gospel is true. And, man being on a mission opened my eyes to so many things to how thin the veil really is, especially when you ask for it to be. Um, 
how many miracles are awaiting you just for you to ask Heavenly Father and be worthy of them. When you're living right and you ask him, they will come. And I know that they will. I know that the Holy Ghost is here whenever we want him to be and whenever we um, are living worthily for him to be. And he will save lives spiritually and physically. I know that Jesus Christ really is our brother, our savior, and the reason for everything. Every reason that we are missionaries, that we go out and like my little brother, I just watched him give everything up to leave for two years to live in Ghana. <laughs> but why is it? It's because of Jesus Christ. It's to teach people because they deserve to know that we can be resurrected one day and we will be. We will be re- reunited with our families. Families are forever. I know that. I know that because of the temples, we can be together with our families forever. And I know that the restored gospel has been sent to this earth at this time and this dispensation for a reason. And we have huge responsibility to carry it to the world. And I'm just so excited to see what comes of this because we've come so far, but we haven't come this far to only come this far. We still have much to do. And I really do have a testimony that Heavenly Father can make miracles of anything. And yeah, I leave this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Kennedy, thanks again for coming on for those who are new to the hereby called podcast like and subscribe if you don't mind leaving us a little review that'd be great too but uh we'll post this on i don't know when we'll post this but we'll post this awesome (laughs) all right see ya